least. But a lot of good came out of it. I mean, this show, I believe, and a lot of other shows came out of this year. Uh, Time with Tarver, that was one of my favorite shows to watch on uh, uh, the content to watch. And I think we all have learned that we all have a voice as a result of this year. Uh, you know, we one of the things that we, we we promised that we would talk about was the, you know, before we close this, this show out, is that we, uh, are we going to lose the the Zoom? No, it's still, it's still okay. mm-hmm. All right, good. One of the things that we promised that we would discuss was, you know, some of the big political stories. Uh, and, and I know there's a couple, uh, there's plenty that happened, but there's a couple really discussed. Uh, I found it amazing that uh, Louisiana uh, just lost a congressman-elect, young man, 41, uh, Mr. Leflo uh, there in Louisiana uh, just just won his congressional race, first time congressman-elect. And he won't, you know, in these next couple of days, he won't get sworn into this Congress because he lost his life to COVID. Uh, You know, it it is, and that's a telling story, a a congressman losing their life to something that uh, a lot of people took for granted initially on initially and thought this was something that we could politicize. I think everybody knows now this is not to be politicized. This is not about your rights versus whatever. This is about uh, public safety and awareness. Um, and, you know, we had, um, we talked about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Uh, we talked about these incredibly stupid no-knock warrants, um, you know, and how um, they disproportionately only really, not disproportionately, they only affect black people. Uh, there was, um, you know, they're finally firing these monsters that uh, harmed uh, and violated and killed Miss Brianna Taylor there. Now they're firing them. The Something similar happened in Houston, Texas, where to these police lied. They provided false information to get their no-knock warrant. And they went and, and, and killed uh, a couple, older couple, a white couple, uh, and they killed them. They were drug dealers. They definitely had drugs. They were pity any petty drug dealers. It was not, you know, no big weight, as they call it, uh, in their household. Um, and the police went in, guns are blazing. You know, they had a tip. They, they said on the warrant that they had all of this drugs and all of this money, and they went in, guns are blazing, and they killed this, this elderly white couple. And they're charging that that black police officer, that sergeant of, of two decades of police service, he's being charged with with, with murder, with a homicide. Mm-hmm. They're lying on that, and they're treating him mm-hmm. like you know he never existed in their in their their uh, service. So I think we know that these these no knock warrants have just not been executed against really uh, any profound. Uh, these things are never wrong when they're coming to other people, but the blacks, uh, we, we tend to get the, the, the brunt of that. One of the, the biggest stories that I wanted you to talk about with us is these political female first. We talked about these amazing African-American uh, female mayors, but can you talk to us about how proud you were as a, as a Georgian for Georgia to take it over the top and win the first uh, African-American uh, and, and Asian-American female vice president of the United States of, of America. And the amazing work that was done by none other than Ms. Stacey Abrams, registering over 800,000 people to vote. Th- those political stories, I think 
we get lost on all of the stuff. Uh, and then I, I want us to close out discussing Black Lives Matter uh, from our own standpoint and our own viewpoints from uh, a psychologist and from a lawyer standpoint, who both happen to be Black. Absolutely. <laughs> Just happen to be. Um, so, you know, I'll go back and I, I think I've shared this before. Everybody probably knows how I feel about this, but um, you know, Stacey Abrams was robbed uh, of a um, governor position here in Georgia. When the election occurred, our current governor, Brian Kemp, was actually secretary of state at the time. And he served, continued to serve in that capacity of secretary of state while he was running for governor. And, and that was a conflict of interest. He should have never been allowed to do that. But so during that time, a ridiculous percentage of people were, were purged from, from the rosters in terms of being able to vote, had no idea. Had no idea their names had been dropped, had no idea their polling places had been changed, had no idea that there had been redistricting. None of this was communicated. Um, and also that people uh, had gone to vote and then were later told that their votes uh, did not actually count. And there would be just just any number of, of ridiculous signatures and, and um, addresses and all of these things that uh, we know just leads to voter suppression. And all of this was done right before that key governor election. And so uh, Georgians are, um, just to be frank, pissed about how that happened. And so uh, Stacey Abrams is, while we consider her to be such a hero, um, and while we have no idea that, she, no, no doubt that she is going to win uh, this next bid, is because she did not quit. So right after, and actually during, during that election, she still was working on these voter suppression issues. She went to court, she filed, right? So she was out in the streets while, while Governor Kemp um, is, is, is smoozing. Um, Stacey Abrams was out here trying to make sure that when the next election occurred, that all those people whose names had been purged, all those people whose votes were invalidated, their voices could be heard. And then, <laughs> because she's such an amazing person, she said, I'm gonna do you one better and I'm gonna work together and, and get a, a, a team of superheroes and we're gonna register 800,000 folks to vote. Take that. So we are, when I tell you, immensely proud of her. And, and as a black woman and a, as a woman who has, um, shown up and been told like, hey, you're not supposed to be here, who has had negative comments. All of the commentary about Stacey Abrams during this time was about her weight and her hair and how she dressed. None of it was about her art, articulation skills, her degrees, uh, her, her political stance, her efforts that she wanted to bring to Georgia. There's a lot of things that Georgia would already have had in place if Stacey Abrams was our governor. Like the fact that we were still on the books, not even having certain laws in place to protect our citizens of, 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 of color when there are acts committed against them because of their ethnicity. Like that wouldn't even be an issue if Stacey Abrams would have been, been governor. Um, and so we are just so proud. And she said, you know what? I could take a position in Biden's campaign. I know they're looking at me because I am, uh, I'm just brilliant. Why wouldn't they be? But she said, that is not my race to win. I have work yet to be done. And, and for that, when I tell you proud, I am immensely proud of her for finishing what she started here in Georgia. 
and um that you know that leads into Kamala Harris as as our our um our VP like we we were hurt I think that Hillary Clinton lost but we understood um and and truthfully if we're honest um there wasn't as much work done to to get the votes that were needed and and there are a lot of people just just had a bad taste in their mouths about Hillary uh Kamala Harris there's some bad taste we had in our mouths about her as well but one of the things that she did do is she addressed that she addressed that and she said look here is here is the plan here's what we're going to do and here's what I've been doing and so for people that weren't on board with her when she ran for president they got on board with her as um president-elect Joe Biden's VP because she is an outstanding choice and she is she is brilliance she is poise she is you have to be so huh have to be so thoughtful as a black woman about how you respond to stuff and she's a multiracial woman I don't want to um you know not acknowledge all of her ethnicity um but you have to be so careful about what you say because you don't want to come across as the angry black woman the angry Asian woman whatever it may be um they most oftentimes are going to refer to her as black um because that's what we do with people when they're multiracial and they have black as a part of their heritage african-american as a part of their heritage but she has to be so careful about how she responds when she was doing those uh debates you saw her <laughs> you saw the looks and you were like i know what you're thinking i know what you're thinking but you're not gonna say it because what's gonna happen is people will focus on that you said that and they'll miss everything else you said so she had to eat a lot and i think women of color we have to eat a lot and that is exhausting but she held up under pressure. We're so proud of her. We're so proud of what she's gonna do. And I know that people are probably very unhappy about the fact that now, not only is there gonna be a woman in the White House, but she's gonna be a, a, a multiracial woman. Um, but the rest of us are just recognizing that this is just a reinstatement of where we should have been in the first place. And so she is gonna be for all people, but more importantly, she's gonna be my people. And so I'm very proud. You know, I'm, I'm extremely proud as well, uh, to, you know, to both of them. You and I talked at, at, you know, at length about how powerful uh, both women are uh, and how qualified and competent uh, they are as all women are. Um, to watch what Stacey Abrams has done has been incredible. To get the buy-in that uh, Kamala Harris has done for Joe. I mean, she literally, uh, he had a, a bang-up team to include guests of this show, uh, attorney Trey Baker and all of the, the surrounded with it. He just was surrounded with an A-team. But that A-team went to the street to work. That A-team went to the grounds to work. Uh, that gap that we, we saw in 16 where it almost felt like a coordination. Um, you know, this 2020 team came out and actually put uh, the boots to the ground and they went and worked in a pandemic. Speaking of people socially uh, moving during a pandemic, um, we know the story of all stories for this year, even above COVID, was the epiphany, the awakening, the um, the reckoning of African-Americans as we have literally had all that we can take. Um, and that's why we have an absolute knee-jerk reaction every time now, you know, recently, um, you know, a Grammy Award winning um, actor, I mean, Grammy Award winning singer, uh, jazz uh, musician, and his, uh, his, his partner, their child, 
was attacked at the Arlo uh, Hotel there in Soho in uh, New York City. Uh, this man um, has his work with Beyonce and Jay-Z, the spouse's work with Beyonce, another notable artist. They're really exceptional in their own right. Again, a Grammy winner. Um, um, and this, this gentleman and his son were just at their hotel and came into the lobby. Uh, and this lady who was yet to be named, because I have no idea how you can tell me that New York City police won't tell us what this woman's name is. There is no protection for her. You, we don't protect criminals when they do criminal activity. If you go and rob a bank, we're not gonna say, well, we don't wanna release the name of the bank robber because the bank robber is afraid that something's gonna, gonna happen to them. It was horrible to watch it on the video that the father posted, but it was incredible and heartbreaking to watch it on the hotel's feed to so to show how she attacked this baby she attacked this baby because she in her head did not see a baby she saw a black boy and she attacked that family when they said hey we don't know what you're talking about i don't have anything to show you it's a cell phone now, granted, there's probably all sorts of creepy stuff on the cell phone to, to, to see this person, how she reacts, because she's probably got some of the creepy stuff. But that doesn't mean she gets to indict, prosecute. She also got this, this guy who's the quote unquote manager at this hotel that I will never stay in. And I'm looking all affiliates of this hotel I'll never stay in. She got him to collaborate her indictment, collaborate her guilty she found him guilty and then uh, executed him she went through and punished him she found her own justice and went after this kid and was absolutely unequivocally wrong violated this this baby's rights it took his father to like an animal knock this animal down off of her but if you see the video that's posted that's been posted from the hotel and then this manager stood shoulder to shoulder with her to help her. This woman was not even in the hotel, a guest in the hotel anymore. And to come and find out that her cell phone was in the in the Lyft or Uber ride that she had took and the guy brought the brought it back. That was damning. And even that, that's why I'm so proud of what those women did on July 13th to create the Black Lives Matter movement. That movement rings loud and clear because this year we have had enough and, and not just this year not just so people went and marched and protested even in the COVID. we've changed the name from jefferson davis can't believe we literally had a traitor it would be like naming hitler or uh you know adolf hitler way in new york city we had jefferson davis in New Orleans was a highway and today it was changed in New Orleans because tomorrow the name is gone businesses have to change your name there's a parish in Louisiana called Jeff Davis Parish they took the Jefferson off to make it sound quaint Jeff Davis this country has to have an awakening with its with its black citizens you have to pay the debt that's owed to its black citizens you got to do like Dr. King said you got to be true to what you put down on paper if this country says to all its citizens that you're equal 
irrespective of your gender, your race, your color, your creed, then it has to do it. But you, you, we hold these these truths to be self-evident that all men and women are created equal, and and we were endowed by this this liberty by a creator. Not that no one here has created that. And so Black Lives Matter is is taken off. It is moving aggressively forward. You have to make bold proclamations. You got to say things like defund the police. And you know what we're talking about. And I don't have to play semantics with you. I was in law enforcement as a prosecutor, but there's no reason that a police is the first call for mental health crises. The police can come also, but there's no reason that guns are drawn. A doctor should be here. A doctor like you should be there. So what was your take on these profound moments and, and how proud were you to see our people, even in a pandemic, standing up so they don't have to lay down anymore? Well, I gotta tell you that is, um... First of all, I'm, I'm, I'm proud, um, again, of the way women have stepped up, black women have stepped up. Um, I'm proud of our young people and how they have stepped up. Uh, but, but, the, but the reality is uh, we have to get to a point where we say we're tired, where we, we have to expose and, and, and demand um, that there is action that is taken, that we no longer allow people to live in this space of comfort, knowing that racism is, is prevalent alive and well and in, infused in, in, in a lot of the things that, that we have access to or, or denies us access to, including our government, uh, being able to get loans we were talking about earlier, um, being able to even have adequate food supplies in our neighborhoods, uh, being able to access adequate housing, adequate healthcare, right? So there are things that are in place that we know are infused with racism. We know that there's discriminatory practices that happen and we can no longer allow people to be comfortable because we don't want to bring it up. And so what, what BLM did is it said no more. We are holding people accountable. We are demanding that the governments um, put an end to this police brutality. We demand that people, uh, that police officers have to wear their cameras and keep them on. Um, you know, uh, and we have seen where they'll turn them on after the fact, or they'll say that there were, were issues with the cameras when something happened and you have other people recording. And thankfully this father, you know, that little, you are right. That was a, that's a child. Um, and if you heard the little pumpkin speak on Good Morning America, like he really sounds like he's probably 10 on a good day. Like he is, he, and he was so confused about why this woman who he had never met would attack him in that way. And, and, and Black, Lives, Black Lives Matters has said no more, no more institutional racism, no more statues of these Confederate. Uh, and, and as you said, like, why are we honoring people who are traitors to our government? Like, why are we honoring these people? What are we actually saying to, to you when we keep these statues up, when we keep these names at schools? These are institutions of learning. And we have Confederate soldiers' names on buildings of institutional learning that we say are for all of our people, all of our kids, to be able to have access to a quality education. And that's simply not true. And it, it is making people reflect on their privileges. And we, and we know that people don't like, people don't like the word racist. People don't like the word um, white supremacy. People don't like the word privilege. It makes them feel uncomfortable because it calls them out on some of their behaviors. And you don't even have to use that label, um, but I can definitely name you all the behaviors that you're doing um, that is causing that label to be utilized. So, and, and, and they've also created this space for us to have allies. 
because what I don't want is for people to think, and this is what always ends up happening or what frequently ends up happening when we talk about black organizations is that it's us against them. That's never been the case. African-American people, African people, we're a diunital people. We are a union of opposites. It is never just either or for us. It is both and and always has been. We can both call you out on your crap and have people that look like you be allies. And that's what Black Lives Matter also has done. It said, hey, for you allies that want to join with us on dismantling some of these institutions that are in place, come with us, join us. But you got to show up with your money <laughs> and you got to show up with your power and you got to show up with your privilege because you are going to be the gatekeepers. You're going to give us access to places where sometimes we're denied. And so we need for you to speak in the room as if we were there in the same way you speak in the room when we're not. You're on mute. No, I said, that's powerful. I, you know, I, I, I think that's spot on. Um, well, what are you hoping for, for 2021, Dr. Tarver? One, I'm hoping that people get their stimulus checks, <laughs> <laughs> right? So I'm just, <laughs> so I'm what just, what is that? What what money, money resides. <laughs> um, give these people their money. People are struggling. Um, folks are being evicted. People are having their homes go up for foreclosure. Um, businesses have been shut down. We were talking the other day about all of the businesses that you saw around you just closing. Um, like, you know, places that, that were not able to stay afloat during this pandemic. And, and even though some of us are like, oh, I've seen all the memes, $600, you can purchase your own American for the low price of, um, you know, a dollar a month. But, you know, essentially we want to be able to give people any kind of resources we can. So I do not make light of 600 for anyone um, because that 600 could be the difference between somebody getting something to eat and somebody not getting something to eat. Somebody being able to stay in their home for another month or someone being homeless. And so give these folks their money. That's one of what I want to see. Um, two, I, point, while you have that point, I want you to put a pin in that one. Okay. Come back to it. No, go ahead. Okay. Uh, yeah. So listen, I, I watch CNBC exhaustingly i watch fox business news channel i watch fox but i watch fox business news and I'm, I'm constantly watching the market i'm constantly you know interested in which companies are, are, are good successful brands do my own research but to watch the analysts today talk about 2021 to, to, to watch some of these analysts these all millionaires by the way and maybe even some billionaires but to watch these these out of touch, completely lost, detached from reality people, talk about the American citizens and how this little money that their government, that our government has given them, this little bit of drop in a bucket that our government has given the American people, how, you know, people got to get up and go out and work. We're literally we're talking about hopefully a once in a lifetime event, a once in a, in a century event that has hit us, it hit us in 1919. Now it's hitting us now in, in 2019 and in 2020. We, this is a once in a lifetime event. It needs a federal response. It needs a new deal. It needs a, a humongous attack back. This thing has attacked us. We've lost, there's been 19 million, 19.6 million Americans 
As of right now, 19.6 million Americans with COVID, diagnosed with COVID. 19.6 different Americans, not, oh, this person got it twice. 19.6 different Americans out of the 330 million Americans. 19.6, 300, oh, we're almost at 350,000. 340 something thousand American human beings, men and women, children, have lost their lives to this thing. And these people on CNBC and, and Fox Business News, they are talking as if there are people walking around like, let me hold some mister, put something in my hand. American people are suffering. The rent, American, the American people owe $25 billion in back rent, $25 billion. Who's going to pay that back to landlords? Who's going to pay that back to these apartment complexes? That means that we are about to have an influx of bankruptcies in this country. The American people have taken it on the chin too much for these fat cats. And I'm telling you, there's going to be a day that the American people, just like we've had this awakening and this reckoning with Black Lives Matter, poor Americans, when Dr. King died, he said, poor Americans, it was the poor. The war on poor has not changed. And the fat cats who sit back thinking we are just, our social security numbers, we're just something for them to, we're just numbers. Where 19.6 million people have gotten sick, now they're saying there's a more aggressive form here in California and in Colorado that came, that was found in UK. There's an even more aggressive form, 19.6 million, 340,000, almost 350,000 American people have died. Now, if you think that that's not enough to get people motivated and you won't even give them, you're giving them 600 measly dollars and then only 150 million Americans are gonna get that. $2,000? won't even heal all of the problems, but there are people, there are men who were champions of their family. They can't even leave the house to go out and find work because they know the COVID will kill them. The jobs that they had aren't even jobs anymore. I was going through Walnut Creek, a really beautiful high-end Rodale Drive kind of shopping experience in, in Northern California. It looked like a ghost town. It looked like a ghost town. And until we hold these dog, I don't know what poor people can keep voting for these people that we have in, in Congress, in the Senate, who thinks $2,000 is too much to help the American people. But that's what I wish for in 2021, that we get a better batch and I hope Georgia pulls through. I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I know how passionate you are about that. Um, Georgia, Georgia has impressed me, and and I have no doubt in my mind that that Georgia is going to come through um, in the, in these Senate races. So um, we we in 2021. So the other things, right? The other things I want is I want a um, a leader, uh, a federal plan, an actual plan. I I want there to be. Uh, protocols that are put in place so states don't have to figure it out on their own. I want um, our our leaders to be empowered 
to be able to make decisions that are healthy. I want for there to be science behind decisions. And I want for us to utilize all of these creative means that we've um, learned throughout this time and apply them and apply them well to all districts. Because as we know, some of our school districts get less resources than others. So let's make sure that we're um, offering opportunities for all school districts to be able to utilize the benefits from those pods and that free internet and those laptops um, and having um, people who are retired educators to be able to come and help them when their parents are working, right? So that uh, that our churches and our, and our community organizations and our fraternities and sororities get together and help and we support our communities that we, um, we have that leadership in place that will allow people to be able to do that um, and be able to have the funding that they need to be able to do that. So that's another thing that I would like to see happen in 2021. You're on mute. I can't, uh, you know, I think the best thing uh, that happened uh, this year, uh, the worst thing that happened to me this year is not being able to be, uh, you know, in my daughter's space. Uh, that is the most powerful moment a man can have. I don't know what it is about little girls, but, you know, I've been a parent, but Lord, being a the father of a daughter is just the greatest thing in the history of mankind. It is the blessing amongst blessings. Um, but I'm so proud of, of, I believe, this show, of what we can do, what it can mean, uh, even more so than us having, actually having the, the intestinal fortitude to do it, do it consistently, to do it about the real purpose of helping people. Even more important than that is the fact that this show has so much potential going forward. Uh, this show will grow uh, going forward. We 